1: 225 274 1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Jesus. Word. You are
0: all I'm for today, Master, Savior. I have come to seek you. People ask questions and say, Hey, I've got questions. About what I have read. So is there somewhere we can post the questions? Is there somewhere we can get answers? So we said we don't have anything right now but we will. And we're so happy on our website we have a place right now. Look there it is where you can put your question and we will give you an answer in a timely manner, okay? So you can post those questions. No one's going to know who posted. You don't have to be embarrassed. We'll know if you put your email, but it's not up for the world to see. And I'm telling you, if you have a question of something, I can guarantee other people have a question too. And so we would love to answer those questions and help you in any, any way. So just avail that. Our website, hflc.us, as in United States, Um, heart sees us come on it's the us place for us to be and um, so we'll just leave that up for a few moments and you can jot that down but just get involved in that and everything that's going can you believe that we are just days away from our fast just days away from starting our fast and we're just really anticipating great and really awesome things for that and we're excited and We want you to be a part of it. And that's why tonight we're going to be talking about why fast. Say with me, why fast? A lot of people ask that. Why should I fast? What's the importance? What is it biblical? Is it scriptural? We want to help you tonight. And then we're going to open up the floor tonight for questions, if you have questions. So if you're thinking about things today, please jot them down because we want to get to you on that. So let's pray. Put your hand over your heart. We're going to pray for you tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, speak to our lives, touch our lives, change our lives. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Living by purpose, not on accident. What an achievable goal for every one of us in 2016. It's so achievable that we can discover the divine purpose that God has for us. I looked at the word purpose and I I, I went into some dictionaries and I Google searched the word purpose and I love the definitions and. And I knew I loved the word, but now I really love the word. Look what it says. The reason for which something exists. Wow, I want to find my purpose. I want to find the reason why I exist, or why it was done, or why it was made, or why it was used. And I love the last part. It says, et cetera. I like that. I wanted to leave that in there. Why? Because our purpose involves et cetera. Come on, it's going on and on and on, and we're going to keep fulfilling it. Another one is the aim or the intention of something. One person says it's the force that drives you. Come on, may the force be with you. The purpose of God be with you in your life. And then I looked at the word purposeful, and it was almost like I took the whole theme for this month out of the Definition from the urban dictionary of purposeful. It says this the act of being on perfect or indicating or on purpose, sorry, or indicating that something is the opposite of accidental. I love that. That we're on a mission, we're doing, and we are the opposite of accidental. We are going through this year with purpose. We're not gonna live by accident on accident, but we're gonna walk. Because God has a divine purpose for our lives. Can I hear an amen? Whether you believe that right now, I'm telling you, he does. And what we want you to do is align your life up with it and see that purpose become a reality in your life. So 21 days of purpose, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And that's, again, what we want to talk about for a few moments tonight. And then we're going to take the questions that you want. And then we're going to close out tonight by having a time with God. We just want you to ask God. We want you just to say, God, what is it that you want me to do? How can I be of a blessing? What is the direction? Because I know some people have said that. I don't know what to do. Well, we've got to ask the one who knows everything. And God will show us what we need to do. So what is fasting? Why fast? And while you're still processing that and thinking about that, just like we've got questions for the Bible, we have set up on our website a whole website just for fasting. We've got eight pages of information for you on fasting, what it is, types of fast, Daniel fast, and there is also places there where you can submit your questions on fasting. And we will answer those and get back. And then we've got most asked questions and answers. There it is right there. So you can go on. So start using the website to help you and to develop what it is. So what is fasting? I'm here to tell you. Fasting is the most powerful spiritual weapon a believer can use. Come on, it's one of the most powerful spiritual weapons that a believer can use. And the sad reality is... Many people haven't experienced that. They haven't experienced it. Simply stated, fasting biblically is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. We're going to discover the different types of fast. And the one you choose is between you and God because God will honor the sacrifice. God honors the best that we give. So think about it this way. It's disconnecting to reconnect or to connect with God. It's so time to spring clean your life, just to get things back into proper perspective and order and priority in our lives. Because I believe, and I know this not from reading books, I know this from practical experience. I know that there is a closeness to God that can only be experienced through a life that will fast and pray before God. There's just facets of God, I believe, that aren't open until we really seek God through prayer and fasting. And it's something that we can enjoy, not endure. It's something that we could have joy. Why? How can we be joyful about fasting? Because with the right focus. It's not about the sacrifice. It's about the reward. Say that with me. Not the sacrifice, but the reward. The reward. In Matthew chapter 6, to answer why we fast, you can see that Jesus gives three key elements that every Christian needs to have in their life. He says first and foremost, when you give. We talked about that today, our tithes, but it's more than just tithe, it's giving our service and our time. He talks about when you give, he goes on to say, and when you pray, the importance of having prayer in your life. And then the third aspect or dimension that we see is when you fast. Matthew 6.16 says, Moreover, when you fast. Notice not if you fast, but when you fast. Do not be like the hypocrites with sad countenance. If you're reading the Bible with us, you're probably reading it through in the New Living Translation. And it would say this, Don't make it obvious For they tried to look miserable. Think about that. We're not to look miserable through the fast. We're not to go to our work depressed and everyone say, stay away from them, they're fasting. What a great example that is in testimony to God, since we're fasting for spiritual purposes, to draw closer and nearer to God. Come on, part of drawing closer and nearer to God is becoming more approachable and touchable and obtainable to other people around us. So we can reach them and we can impact them for God. So what does that mean with the thought there? Here's what I get from that. Don't be like the hypocrites. Don't put on a show. Don't put, why is that? Because fasting is not for man. Fasting's for God. We're doing it. Man won't understand it. Most people out of church are not going to understand fasting. You can talk to them about it and I encourage you to talk with them about it. And share with them why. There's things in your life and you're just seeking God and you just talk to them about it. But it's not for man. It's for God. It's for God. It's for God. It goes on to say, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Think about that. They want all the glory. They want all the fame. But what we know is this. Can I tell you? The God who sees in private, the word of God says he rewards openly. And jump to Mark chapter 9, verse 29. And this is Jesus speaking. Look what he says. And he said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Nothing is going to move this. There's things in our lives. There's strongholds. There's areas in our life that Jesus is identifying there that the only way we're going to see the true breakthrough in the miracles is by fasting. And don't look at me crazy because that's His words. They're words written in red. Meaning what? That times of fasting are so productive for our lives. That maybe locked areas, locked doors, so to speak, of our life. We believe God can open those. God can open those. And if they're not the right door, we don't want them opened. Because God's got other doors and other avenues that He's going to open. But you know what, we, we like to question it, we like to dismiss it and say, oh no, that's not what God wants, because no one wants to go without anything. Right. Going without anything is not easy, especially food, come on, for some of you, that's not, not, not easy. But I'm telling you, it's a spiritual practice I believe that you and I cannot afford to dismiss, with its primary purpose being to draw me closer to God. Why do I fast? To separate me, to disconnect me, to connect me with God. Now, that doesn't mean you manipulate God. It doesn't mean you control God. It draws you closer to God. It doesn't bring God closer to you, if that makes sense. We don't manipulate God by saying, Hey, I didn't eat a pizza today, so you've got to do this for me. That's not what fasting's about. God's not going to play those games. But as we draw closer to God... Will realize his heart, and will know his heart. Turn to Matthew chapter nine. This is our main passage for tonight. Matthew nine fourteen through seventeen, and be thinking of those questions so we can answer them for you tonight. It says this: Then the disciples of John came to Jesus, saying, "Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast?" And Jesus said to them, verse fifteen. Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and a tear or the tear is made worse. Verse 17, nor do they put new wine in old wineskins. Or else the wineskin breaks and the wine spilled. And the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. Some people can read this and say that fasting, that Jesus is saying it's not a necessity. That he's saying, no, they don't fast and they don't need to fast. But notice what Jesus clearly says. He says they may not fast right now, but there's a time coming... When what? They will fast. He was speaking about after he was taken. He's the bridegroom. After he's taken, after he ascended to heaven, then Jesus said, it will be right for man. It will be right for us as followers of Christ to fast. So think about what Jesus is saying here. Because the verse 16 and 17, you can say, man, does that really go with the verses before? Perfectly. Because what Jesus is trying to show them in reference to the fast that his followers will do, he's trying to show them a new way. He's distinguishing between the old and the new. He's distinguishing between an old way and a new way. And how does he distinguish that? He uses the illustration of a garment. That you don't put, if you tear a garment, you don't put unshrunken cloth over that patch or over that hole. Because when that shrinks, it will pull away and it will rip the garment. The same with wine. And he uses those things. Why? Because they'll tear and they'll spill. It will not be a good result. So I want to picture our life in one of the illustrations that Jesus talked about. I want to picture our life as the wine skin that Jesus spoke about. And it's amazing when you would look at the Word of God, wine, oil are very symbolic with the Holy Spirit, representing the Holy Spirit and His work in our lives. And notice this, in the New Testament, a believer, when they come to a salvation experience, we know that the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within each and every one of us. We have to have or be led by the Spirit in order to be saved. Because what we know is this, God is a filler, He's not a forcer. God is a filler, He comes in and wants to fill us. Sunday we talked about making space in our lives, creating the space for God's to fill. So how does God fill us? What does He do? Does He want to put just a few drops in us and leave us alone? No, God wants to fill us to overflow. God wants our life to be expansive. Come on, God wants our life to be multiplied. God wants to put blessings upon us. The Bible speaks that daily He wants to load us with His benefits. I mean, can you see, every day He wants to fill us with so much, so much. So here's the picture of what Jesus is saying. When the Holy Spirit comes into the life of a believer, the expansion that wants to take place and takes place inside of that person needs to be done in a new wineskin. There has to be a newness in our life. Because if there's new, no newness and no freshness, ...in our life, then we will burst. We won't be able to contain, we won't be able to hold, we won't be able to live the life in the way that God wants us to do. So you and I need a new wineskin to be able to fulfill and to move forward in the purpose that God has for 2016. I sat down with my leaders last night and here was our challenge. We need a new faith for where we're going. Come on, we need a greater faith than where we were before. To get us what we need, a greater focus on what we've been looking at before. We've got to focus on God. Come on. We've got to have greater action in our life. We've got to see these things. So there's got to be a newness that's released in every one of us. And I believe from God's word, Jesus is showing us that fasting is one of the ways that a newness, a freshness, a new wineskin is produced in our lives. As we draw closer to God, God renews us. He prepares us to contain the fresh new things that he wants to bring. Have you ever heard the term old school and new school? Come on, old school? Old Testament, old school. Jesus was comparing the way of fasting in the Old Covenant or in the Old Testament compared to where we are today in the New Covenant or in the New Testament. If you would look old school in the Old Testament, and there's different accounts, and you can jot these down. You can find it in Joel chapter 2, verses 12 and 14. You can find it in Jonah chapter 3. Read those scriptures when you get home. But what you see is in the Old Testament, people would fast... And fasting had to do with a time of mourning. It had to do with a time of people getting God to intervene during a crisis. When the people got into a problem, they were in a bad place, then they would fast as a state of repentance to get them out of that place and maybe God would hear them. The illustration we use in Joel, the people paraphrase, says this. We're going to go and seek God with fasting and with mourning and maybe God will, what? He'll have mercy on us. That's what they said, maybe God will have mercy on us. The story of Nineveh in Jonah 3, as I said, what did the people of Nineveh do? The people said, let us fast and maybe God will change his mind about destroying the city. See, do you see the picture of fasting? It wasn't something fun to do. It was something in a crisis, in a place of turmoil that maybe God will be merciful. It was crying out for the mercy of God. See, that's old school. Okay, Today we don't fast to get God to change his mind about something. Come on. Nor do we have to fast for forgiveness. Nor do we have to fast to obtain the favor of God because stamp that was all given to us at salvation. His forgiveness, his mercy and his favor. Come on, salvation handles all that. Can I hear an Amen. But now, fasting new school is a way of celebrating the goodness of God and that because of Jesus, we've already received his mercy, his forgiveness, and favor. So now we can rejoice. It's not, oh God, woe is me, watch out. It's saying, God, I want a closer walk with you so I can live with greater purpose, with greater vision, with greater hope. Man, can you see the difference? Old school versus new school? What a difference. And that's what Jesus was showing them. He said, the old school, you do it to become where the new school, you already are. So start acting like it. Let me say it one more time. Old school, you did it to become. The new school, you already are. So now it's time to start acting like it. And Jesus said to him in verse 15, he said, while the bridegroom is here, the friends of the bridegroom Come on, it reads, it says, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn? Speaking about the old covenant of fasting, see that, the mourning? Can they mourn while the bridegroom is with them? Jesus was saying, you see, that when he died, that new covenant was coming. And a new way was coming. That now it wasn't a time of mourning, but a time of celebrating the goodness and the mercies. Expectant, joyful longing. And so what a great thought of tithing. Not tithing, that's good too. Fasting. What a great thought of fasting in the fact of with joy I can go into it. Not to obtain something of a favor or mercy for God, but just to pull my life up right beside Him and say, God, I want everything that you have for me. I want everything that you are for my life. And it just gets the junk out. It's a great physical detox too. Your body will never be the same. It's like someone said, hitting the reset button of your soul. Hitting that reset button. Preparing your life to be a new wineskin for God to fill. So here's the question that I always ask as I go into the fast. How much do I want God? How much do I want God? How passionate am I for Him? I read this today and I thought this was so cool and I jotted it down. It said this, passionate Christianity is supposed to be the norm for the believer, not the exception. Passionate Christianity is supposed to be the norm, not the exception. I want the norm of my life to be such a vibrant wineskin that God can expand and give and pour into my life. And what a great way to start the year by saying, God, I'm going to put you first. I'm going to put you first as I fast and I pray. And notice the key to it all is the prayer, not just the fasting. Don't just get so caught up in the fast. Because if you're just on a fast, you're either starving yourself or just doing a diet. Yeah. Amen. As important as that is just to disconnect. I like to say it this way. Are you ready? A fast is the lock and prayer is the key. Yeah. Yeah. You can have a lock all day, but that's closed until you have a key. Come on, as we fast, that's the lock. And as we pray, we put in the key, and that's when we unlock everything that God has for us before. So if you've never done it before, I really encourage you to watch the plan that you take. I believe every one of us can do it, and we're here to help you through that. And that's why through Q&A online, you can text us, email us, call us, whatever. We want to help you. But I want to talk quickly about the different types of fast that there are. There's four different types of fast. And there's the first one is the complete or the full fast. This is something that is a tough fast. It's one that really predominantly is just water, where you drink water and you have some juice and broth if you are needed for the strength that you're needed. And that's something that you can do. Not recommended maybe if it's your first fast, just to go gung-ho right into that. Why? Because we want to maintain through 21 days. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And we're just going to focus on those things. And we don't want to bring ourselves into condemnation if after day two we can't make it anymore. And I'm telling you right now, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough because you're going to have to dethrone king's stomach. Come on, you're going to have to dethrone some things in your life. And you're going to suddenly realize that that was fuel and something was driving your life. And it's not always good things. And so there's the complete fast. The second one is a selective fast, or what we like to call a Daniel fast. That's one of the best ways. Selective fast is when you remove certain elements from your diet. Like the Daniel fast, the Daniel fast is no meats, breads, or sweets. Basically, the Daniel fast is fruits and vegetables and nuts and different things. And on our website, there's a complete list of everything that's permitted on the Daniel fast. But again, it's your fast. Don't become legalistic and lose sight of what really the purpose. It's not the sacrifice, it's the reward. That's where we look through that. There's also another fast that's called a partial fast. A partial fast is similar to a selective fast. But what that would be that people would maybe pick an item or something. Or for some, they wouldn't eat maybe during the day. They would eat one meal a day. That's a Jewish fast where you don't eat from sun up till sundown. And you don't eat from six till three. And that's something that you can do with that. And then there's another great fast. And this is not Old Testament, old school fasting in any way. Because biblical fasting has to do with refraining from food, really. But there's another great fast that I think that God honors just as much. And that's what we've called a soul fast. A soul fast. And this can be a great way, especially for people medically who are unable to fast, maybe, because of medications and stuff. But it's amazing what you really can do. And I will throw this in there. Fasting is very healthy for the body. It's been proven by doctors. Someone just sent me an article this week. Proven by people doing stem cell research and just everything like that, that through fasting, they watched the body, the brain, regenerate itself through not having food and toxins and just different things and and the diseases and things that have been cured through right diet, fasting, things like that. It's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. So don't just push it aside and I can't do it. But you know... The soul fast is like eliminating distractions from your life. It could be just shutting the TV off for 21 days. Instead of watching the TV, I'm just going to read. For some people, maybe social media. Just shut off the social media. Don't want to be a part of that. Just different things that you can do. We've seen some people that their fast for their soul was they were going to fast smoking. That was a bondage in their life and they wanted to be free. And during the fast, they said, God, I'm giving that to you as my fast. And we have had, we've had many people who were delivered from smoking through the fast as they really trusted God and just really believed God for that. And I'm almost done tonight. So, you know, with all of this <clears throat> and a lot of information, you, you may say, well, pastor, what should I do? Here's my answer to that. That's between you and God. It's between you and God. But I do believe that everyone can do something and stretch yourself. Go a little bit further than you thought you could and believe for those breakthroughs in my life. And here's my recommendations for you. My recommendations as you go into the fast and then as you're a part of the fast, here's what I recommend you do. First and foremost, seek God. Ask God, God, what is it that you want to do? What is it that I can do in my life? Just ask God, be challenged by that and what you can do. Second thing I think you should try to do is is plan the course Try and plan out the course. And notice this. And I know it may sound negative from the beginning, but prepare for slips. You're going to mess up. You're going to put something in your mouth and suddenly realize, man, I'm not supposed to eat that. Or you, you, going to. It's okay. You haven't blown it. You haven't destroyed it. You haven't nullified it. Oh, now I've got to start all over again and go, to, what, go past and, and don't receive money like the monopoly. No, no. You, you're good. Everything's good. Okay, just, hey, it's okay. I messed up, boom. Just plan the course. I like to plan out the way I'm going to fast and what I'm going to do. And if I don't stick right to it, that's okay. But I try to plan out and have an idea. Then what I like to do is this. I like to write my list. Encourage you to write a list. And you can write as many things as you want. I tend to have three things on my list every fast. Three things that I'm saying, God, this is what I really am believing for. This is what I really want in my life. And I encourage you to do that. The fourth thing I recommend you to do is to journal every day. Just to take notes, just to keep notes, just to write down what God's doing in your life. We've got a place on our website too. We want you to share your story. We want to see the testimonies of what God is doing and the breakthroughs and the miracles. Remember those things that only come out by fasting? We're going to see those things happen and take place. And then the next thing that we really encourage you to do is connect with other people connect with other people, get, get a fasting buddy, get someone around you, have accountability in that and just help each other when you're having a bad day. Come on, talk to each other, walk each other through it because there are moments and times where it does get hard. But one thing I will say is there is power in companionship and drawing together but I would say watch your conversations. Because if you don't watch, you can start talking about all the foods that you can't eat and I'm so miserable because I can't do this and I can't do that. We've got to watch because our conversations can be all wrong. We're giving glory to the wrong thing. And that's why I love, people have said, oh, corporate fasting is not biblical. I think it is. Why? Because it's a shared sacrifice. That together we know other people are going through it and it motivates us and We're going to have some wristbands for you on the weekend that you can just put on. And every time you look at them and and you can remind yourself, I still got my one from last year. I get to take it off uh, in a couple of days. But believe for those things and watch. And remember the conversations. It's not about what we're giving out. It's about what we're going to get back. It's not about the sacrifice. It's about the reward. And one thing I will say, and then I'm going to open it up for questions, is this. Drink plenty of water. Drink plenty of water. Water is the fastest best friend because it will fill you up. It will tank you up and you'll be running to the restroom. We always laugh here, if you know the church and how far it is from the office to the bathrooms, we calculated it out and I can't remember how many miles or whatever we did in a week going backwards and forwards. I I, I told my kids I was going to bring their hoverboard to church because they don't need it while they're at school and I'm I'm going to get Nancy hooked up on it and watch her hoverboard and backwards and forwards there. But that's your best friend. And one of the things that you need to expect, two things that you need to expect during the fast is headaches and bad breath. You're going to have bad breath because your body's going to detox itself. And a lot of times people are going to have headaches because of like not having caffeine and sugars and all those kind of things. But I'm telling you, what a great way to detox your body. The amount of toxins that we have in our body is horrific. And the best way to get any toxin out of your body is to flush it out. And to fast and to do a complete fast, maybe for two, three days, is a great way to start your fast. Because it can flush your system and then set you on course. That's what I normally do if people would ask. I normally um, do a complete fast for three to five days. That's my goal. Definitely three days, maybe five days is what I usually like to do. And then after that, I do the Daniel fast. And even after I do the Daniel fast, I don't stuff my face. I just eat enough to sustain me and to give me the strength. I'm not sitting there all the time just eating, 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 eating. But you're just giving yourself enough. Why? Because you're refraining from those things for a spiritual purpose. And you just want God to touch your life. Any questions tonight? Can I help with questions? I hope I've answered. Have I helped some of you tonight? Has that been good? We're going to give more information next week that hopefully will help you with some things too, and that will help. Miss Philomena. I
1: have a question. My question is, uh, when you fast and at what time do you pray? Do you pray on every hour, like 10, 9, 6? At what time do you pray?
0: Hey, again, you know, it's everyone. It's between you and God when you pray. Um, you're definitely in a greater attitude of prayer during the fast because a lot of the time I know with myself, I've conditioned myself that when I start getting hungry, I'm like, oh, Jesus, help me, God. You know And you start to pray. And that's a good question that she has because what I recommend is, especially if you're doing a complete fast and you're not bringing any food into your body, at the times that you would normally eat, a great time to pray and read the word great time to pray and read the word but I think what you're saying is true just throughout the entirety of the day you're in the attitude of that but I, I think it should be something in your life anyway but definitely during the fast it takes 21 days to break a habit it takes 21 days then to make a habit what about if for 21 days you start at a certain time praying to God? And what a great habit that will be going through to the new year. And, and so I just really recommend you, yes, you pray throughout the day, pray at mealtimes. But I think you really need to set a time, a time where you're just in your word and you're just praying just a specific time during that. But that's the key. Fastens the lock. That's the key. So get that time alone and pray with other people. Get on the phone and call other people and do that. Greg?
1: Yeah, Pete. Um, you know, I'm diabetic, so being a diabetic, you know, if we eat too much, it's bad. If we don't eat enough, it's bad. And uh, some mornings I'm like 49, 52, and I have to eat something to bring myself up. And I guess select, like, take certain things out of my
0: diet that I eat all the time, like ketchup or
1: milk or something like that would be the way to go for me. And, and that's
0: great. And, and one thing I would say is, in the home where you're at and stuff too, you've probably got dietitians and people that can maybe help you. It's a struggle when people prepare food for you because then you don't have so much an opportunity. So like you're saying is, look at those other things in areas like sweets, just some other things like that, ketchups, anything, and maybe like your television or things like that and just separate those things. And I'm telling you, God will honor that. God knows everyone's heart. But I will say this for people in different situations like Greg and others that consult your doctors, consult a dietitian, because there are definitely ways that people who are diabetic can fast. There's, there's very good. They've actually got outlines that can really help you with that. And that is one. I will say this that fasting is that is one of the healings that they speak of physically is from diabetes. That people have been healed as they have fasted from diabetes which is actually incredible any other questions
1: uh can we still have our uh bible plan like Uh, can we still read our bibles during the fast like our one year bible thing that we're doing as a church hey we,
0: we read our bible every day that's the plan for the year and and i would encourage you don't just stop at your bible plan look for other ways to read the word of god and And just maybe say over the course of the fast, I'm going to study the life of Jesus. So I'm going to read all the Gospels or just something like that. But yeah, just be in the Word and let God show you things and and reveal things to you. Tom? How do you feel about children fasting? Hey, we really really strongly encourage that here. In fact, the way we handle our children here is we like the children. Because if you say for kids, 21 days... We, we ask the kids every Sunday pretty much, what, what are you going to fast for a week? And so when a child sees stuff, and we see great things. Kids say, I'm going to fast my bike, I'm going to fast my PlayStation, I'm going to fast video games, you know, just different things like that. But we really encourage that. In fact, that's one of the questions we posted on the website. I think it's good that if you can come up with something that you as a household can do. That you can say, you're not saying it's my fast, that you're involving them in it and together we're doing that. And maybe for kids it's better to take it, well, we're going to do this for a couple of days and then we're going to do this for a couple of days. But yeah, definitely, definitely we can teach our children never too early never too young to train them in the ways of God and, and we know Luke we've talked with Luke about it at school it's a challenge for kids with the lunches and just different things but we've looked at ways you know cutting out sweets and fast foods and just there's things that you can still do and just teach them the importance of why we're doing it to seek God to have a greater walk but a great question really encourage them to do it really encourage and lead by your example lead by your example anything else any other questions good questions good questions good questions can everyone just yeah come on Courtney. hold on a second
1: if you do have the headaches is it okay to take ibuprofen or anything like that to help the pain
0: yeah of course anything like that um, you can take but again just watch that if you are not eating and you don't have a lot on your stomach just be careful with things like that too but um you know, those headaches and stuff can be really tough for people. I'm not a coffee drinker every day. I don't drink Cokes and stuff like that, so I've never really suffered. But I, I know Miss Nancy won fast. I mean, that was that was probably one of the toughest things she had to endure. And, hey, she hasn't really touched Cokes since. She fasted those and, man, realized her life was better off without it anyway. And um, so, yeah, you can, you can take medications and just different things. People... If I just, just say something, with, with the headaches, in fact, with any like, of the symptoms that you might get, pastor's already said that water is a best friend of a faster. That's absolutely true. Because quite often times, headaches, even when you're not fasting, when you get headaches, it's, it's the first sign of dehydration. And so water, I mean, even in a normal, in a normal situation, if you, whatever weight you are, the, the weight that you are in pounds, half of that are the fluid ounces that you should be drinking every single day. That's just to maintain your normal standard of health. And there are very, very few people that drink that much water every day. So you'll find if your headache starts, hit the water hard, uh, and you'll probably find that that will help without, without the medication. It's good. It's good. Yes, Miss Kim? Uh, Hold on a second. Pete's running over there. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Uh, what about if you fast and you get weak, like you're about to pass out? Well, I mean, you've got to be wise with that. You know, if you're in a job that requires... If you're in a job that requires strenuous labor, then you don't, want to, to, you don't want to lose your job during the fast, and you don't want your boss to be complaining about it. So, so find a plan. Find the partial fast, the Daniel fast. There's plenty enough and um, things that you can eat on there that can be fuel enough to sustain your body. But remember this. We're not being spiritual martyrs for Christ. It's not how close can we get to death, then wow, we are so holy. That's not it. Don't... Don't, that, that's, that's a legalistic mindset. That's going back into the old covenant. Come on, we want to be a new wineskin. We want to celebrate in the goodness of God. So it's not the martyrdom. It's not how much. And don't look at someone else and say, I can't believe you're just doing that. Hey, that's between them and God. You don't worry about them. You just focus on yourself because the whole goal is for you to draw closer to God. And you pray that they'll draw closer to God. Any other questions? We're also excited during. If you've got a question, put your hand up. I'm just going to talk to you. Do and, and well, during the fast, we've got some great tools that we're going to have for you. Periscope is a great free app. If you do not know Periscope, it's a great free app. And every morning at six a.m. at six a.m. we're going to have a live prayer time online on Periscope. And we'd encourage you, it's going to be online for 24 hours is all. And we're also going to be setting up a conference call. So if you don't have Periscope, if you don't have a smartphone, you just have a flip phone, you just have a house phone, we've got a number that you can call in as a conference call. And standard rates and charges are applied. It's actually a long-distance call. So if you've got a plan that covers all that, there'll be no charge. But I don't want people to be on the phone every day and then get a $200 bill. At the end. But we want just to have the opportunity for people to be involved. We're going to have living room worship. The two Friday nights, we're going to have a 24-hour prayer meeting from Friday morning at 10am till Saturday morning at 10am. That people can come and drop in throughout the day, through in the night. And we're just going to pray for 24 hours together. It's going to be phenomenal. We're going to have a time of worship, just everything. So there's going to be plenty of activities and things that we're going to have involved that you can be a part of. And you can do that. you, hey, Pastor Pien. You know, I live in the care center nursing home and they weigh us on a regular basis. Now, I'm going, to, my pastor, I'm going to try to quit smoking. Now, that should have made my weight up. Yeah, well, just again, you know, you, you do what you've got to do and just allow, you know, just have wisdom, have wisdom. Again, the key to it all is if you're unable to pray or fast, let this be 21 days of prayer. Let it just be your whole life is just showered with prayer. Shower your life with prayer. Shower your life with prayer. Your life, your life. And just believe for God. Who's got some things in your life? You're thinking, man, three things on the list? Man, that doesn't even stop. Who's got some things right now that you know these are some big mountains to move? Come on, you've got some things on your heart. You need some breakthroughs and miracles. How many can believe that these 21 days God's going to open some doors and God's going to give some breakthroughs for your life? Believe that financially, physically, just spiritually, just in every way. We just really believe it.